0: Welcome back to Buckeye Talk, and hear ye, hear ye, Ohio State has a quarterback. Yeah, i put that S on it for a reason there. Nathan, we found out who Ohio State's starting quarterback is, but it also kind of came with an asterisk. Who was the name that Ryan Day said, but then also provide some context for us. What's going to happen on Saturday?
1: The second week in a row, the first question he gets is, hey, you got a quarterback? Uh, And he says, yes. And but this week he actually did have uh, he he meant yes <laughs> he had a starting quarterback it's and it's Cam McCord. and that's what we have thought for a while that this was trending towards even as it hung up a little bit and Ryan Day is disclosing now there were times where Devin Brown had pulled ahead into the lead behind the scenes preseason camp where you only got to see a little bit as people know but and especially the way I thought last week's press conference went this is. This is the outcome that I thought it was leading towards. The Common Core was going to start this game, but that Devin Brown, as as Ryan Day says it, he wants him to play substantial snaps in the first half. Substantial in terms of quality, not necessarily quantity. He's not getting into the... He's being very vague as to exactly how this will all split up in terms of who plays when and that sort of thing. And as I texted the people on Tuesday morning, I expected that too. I think Ryan Day is going to keep... It, there's no reason to put out a plan because then you have to sort of follow this plan. I think it makes more sense to just keep things vague and let there be a little bit of a feel element to it. But I don't want to underestimate by talking about the two quarterbacks that there is, I think, some significance that he's named Comichord the starter, at least for this first game. It, it does mean that he won something. And the way that he described it today was that McCord, um was better than Devin Brown In some of the things over the past week or two that decided who should start this game. And I think that has some value. I think that needs to be recognized. That it wasn't just pulling a name out of a hat, wasn't just default going to the older guy. He's saying he played more consistently. I think they trust him a little bit more to take care of the ball, based on what we've seen in practices and scrimmages and things like that. So Comicord gets the first shot and it it's one of those things where yes, he's saying the plan is for him for Devin Brown to play. But if Colin McCord leads four like laser show touchdown drives to start this game, um, I, we could actually have a discussion about whether that makes it more or less likely that Devin Brown would play, because at some point you would maybe be like, oh, okay, well, whatever, it's 28-3, to three. let's give Devin Brown a shot. But you might also say, hey, like this is cooking, maybe we don't want to mess with this. So I, th- being the starter puts you in the driver's seat a little bit. I think this competition is still going. But it puts you in the lead for sure. It, it it establishes a lead, and now more than ever, uh, he it gives Kyle McCord an opportunity to go out and sort of, you know, put an exclamation point on that.
0: He says Devin Brown made a strong push about ten days ago, about two weeks ago. Devin Brown really made a push, and I think that's. <laughs> that's around the time when at least uh, there are people in our texters and in our comments on our youtube channel go subscribe to our youtube channel Just type in Buckeye Talk on youtube and then subscribe we do videos there too people were wondering what's going on with Devin Brown like that's when that started to ramp up a little bit but then he said Kyle McCord responded with consistent play we're gonna get into the how we think this might work out later on in this pod i think that's go- that's going to be like the, the gist of this pod but andrew you're coming into this still kind of fresh face to the as uh, all this stuff and in the limited practice time we've seen it looked like kyle mccord had the slightly better day now we didn't get to see much but at least from the way you've read about this coming into this what we've heard so far how we've talked about this when are you shocked that kyle mccord gets the first gets the start even if he's regardless of how it actually plays out, are you at all surprised that you call McCord is the guy who's going to take the first snap against Indiana? Uh,
2: no. Um, you know, this is what I read. This is what I saw. This is what I heard just kind of for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, it, it kind of felt like that McCord was always the guy who, you know, they might look like they're on the same path, but McCord always kind of had the inside track. So you knew he had a little bit of an advantage. Um, you know, I, to me, I think, I think it was a couple of weeks ago where we talked about this and Nathan said something like, if it's truly a coin flip, if it's truly a toss up, why not just you know, walk out to midfield and pick a name out of a hat and there's the starter? Like you have to pick somebody to be the starter and, and he's right. you know. I mean, you're talking about a situation with McCord where he's the guy he's the, he's the guy you're starting. And he's right. That, that matters. I think that that, that is something I think if you would ask me a week ago, I would have probably started to trend this direction two weeks ago. I think you could have made um, more of a case for Devin Brown, but I just think the closer you got, the more you just kind of assumed, look, if it's really this close, they're just going to rely on the guy who, Actually, has college football experience. Who actually has seen some of this stuff? Um, you know, you, you wanted to go with a little bit of that. So I think the longer that this went, I think it maybe you know when it started, everybody thought it was McCord. Then it kind of looked like Devin Brown could win the job, and then I think over the last week or so, I think it probably made sense to just say, you know what, if it's really this close, experience I think is is probably the deciding factor. Nathan,
0: how many weeks do you think this goes? How many weeks until Day actually locks in? Because uh, he does kind of have a preseason thing going on here. Because Indiana, yes, that's a road Big Ten game. So that's there's going to be a level of difficulty there, even if you think Ohio State's going to win and they're favored by 30 points. But then you're playing, you know, two FCS schools. Well, Western Kentucky and Youngstown State. One West, One FCS school and another school that's just not uh, at the same level as Ohio State. How many? Just based on the way Ryan Day talked today, how many weeks do we think he does this before he actually has to sit down and pick one?
1: Western Kentucky actually might be better than Indiana, so we'll revisit that in a couple weeks, I suppose. That's fair, but <laughs> but uh, which 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 says as much about Western Kentucky as it does about Indiana. Frankly, they've they've had yeah. a program, but that's not at all what anybody wants to hear me talk about right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many weeks it goes. I think there. I think anything is possible right now in terms of. What I was saying before, like if Common Core just comes out and tears it up, and the, and clearly there is a you got some rapport there, and there's and, and the offense looks in sync. I think it's there for him to just come out and take the starting job by command. I think at some point you you want to get to a point where one of these two guys gets to take full command of the number one offense, not just on game days but throughout the week. Not that the other guy doesn't get a few reps. To, also to to stay prepared but the one guy gets a lion's share of those things so just to just to keep building your offensive um cohesion but let's also not forget the last time this situation arose like 2021 cj Stroud going on the roads, like minnesota road minnesota led that game at halftime and now that minnesota team was better than this indiana team by i think any measure but it's still like you can't be a given that obviously necessarily going to just go in and blow the doors off the place. And I think the last time they went to Indiana, well, not the last time they went to Indiana. Last time we went to Indiana, it was a deluge in in more ways than one. But they mm-hmm. have opened the season to Indiana with a, a tough game. Ryan Day was talking about whatever that was, 2017, maybe, where mm-hmm. they had kind of a, a, they had to pull away in the second half to, to put that game away. So, it, you know, it, I don't, we have to be a little bit careful to assume that it's just going to be a complete, uh, blowout kind of game but I also think that the there are elements here where Kyle McCord could come in by by nature being the starter it should give him some confidence it should give him um, a little bit extra measure of poise Ryan Day has said he doesn't want these guys you know thinking that the first mistake gets you pulled and He's going to get a chance to be the starting quarterback and play as the starting quarterback, even if that gets interrupted by a series here or there with Devin Brown. So I think that gives him the opportunity to to seize this job and run with it. And whether Ryan Day commits to that by week two or, I mean, Youngstown State's an even better opponent to do this sort of experiment with. So if Devin Brown looks good against Indiana, maybe they just say the same thing. Hey, we're going to, Common Court's going to start. But. Devin Brown's still going to play significant snaps in the first half. I mean, there's, there's to do anything else to me just feels a little bit arbitrary at this point. If, if you're, unless, you know, if one guy just isn't performing, you've got the other guy, you can put him in and play him. But in in the way that these games are setting up and you want more data, you want real game data to finish making this evaluation and this analysis of the quarterbacks, then take as much time as you want I think the the big question I have really as I look at it is, do you name a permanent starter, like full stop starting quarterback? We're going to operate as a normal starting quarterback before the Western Kentucky game, because do you want to get a full feel of that before you go into Notre Dame and not wait all the way until Notre Dame to turn that over to somebody? I I don't know the answer to that, but I I don't know which one of those I think is actually smarter. I might think it's smarter to, to name a full starter by then. But again, only if you feel like you are secure in that decision. And the reason that they want Devin Brown to play real snaps on Saturday is because he did impress them and Tom McCord has had a chance to play real games and Devin Brown has not. And you need to see what it looks like in real games. And uh I, I I don't really have a quibble with the way that this is playing out for Ohio State. From I would think if I know that there are fans out there that have some consternation about the fact that a a full starter hasn't been named but I think there's merit to the way that this is playing out the answer will obviously not fully disclose itself till November but I think there's merit in the way that this is playing out because I think it it helps get you to the answer you want and you don't have to just put an arbitrary deadline on anything
2: well I think to to jump in so if you don't name a quarterback after week one like I don't know what the scenario would be for you to name a quarterback after week one, whether it's Kyle McCord is great and Devin Brown doesn't impress or Kyle McCord's great and doesn't really matter what Devin Brown does. However you want to view that, I think if you don't name one now, you would like a dry run. Like you would like that Western Kentucky game to be. I think so. This is what I think you, that's kind of what you were alluding to. You want like a dress rehearsal basically before the Notre Dame game. But if I'm being honest, if I'm Ryan Day, I'm not naming a quarterback after. Like if I don't name a quarterback after week one, I'm not naming a full time starting quarterback to us mm-hmm. until after Notre Dame. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah, I keeping this kind of. I'm keeping this can kicking down the line, like, like this is something that you keep moving along because, again, you know this happens a lot in the NFL, and you hear it with you know football coaches really of any level. You know you hear them say something like if they have to prepare for an extra five minutes on blank, and it's typically like a swinging gate field goal formation or something like that. If they have to prepare for an extra five minutes on that, then that matters. Well, I think that that kind of matters here for Devin Brown too. So if you don't name a quarterback after Indiana, like unless, unless you're ready to name a quarterback after Indiana every week, if I'm Ryan day, I'm going out and I'm doing the same thing that he did today. And I'm saying, Oh, well, you know, Kyle's going to take the first snap. But we're going to work Devin in because theoretically you should be up, not theoretically, probably you should be up on Indiana enough in the second half, like you were saying, where Devin Brown can realistically come in and get some mop up time. And you can play him in the first half if you want to. It's You know, you can do that. But then Youngstown State. Yeah, you're going to you're going to kill Youngstown State. Western Kentucky. You can also have, you know, again, Western Kentucky might be better than Indiana. Their offense is actually really good, so that you might actually have to kind of score some points in that game. But that's another one where you can play Devin Brown, too. So, like, it's 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 I would not only say realistic, it's probable that Devin Brown is going to play in all three games even if Kyle McCord was the permanent full-time starter. So why not just keep this charade going and just say, you know what, Devin Brown is going to play in all these games and we're, we don't know yet and blah, blah, blah. Because if if Notre Dame has to think about this for 10 minutes, then I think it's worth it.
0: Especially since Ryan Day said that, that both quarterbacks have a strong chemistry with sure. the ones. So you're not worried about, oh no, what if things are out of rhythm against – it. Notre Dame, no, they, they've, been, they've worked a lot with these guys. It helps that you've got this many returning starters on, from a receiving, from a weapon standpoint. Now, the offensive line, that's a, but that's cohesion between that five. Everything else has, and Carson Henson has been working with the ones as a center since back in the spring. So there's plenty of chemistry there. I'm with you, Andrew. The only way I don't think it keeps playing out is because of something Nathan said a couple of pause ago when he was, we were mentioning Michigan and how they had this play out. And maybe there was, I don't know if you said it on a potter in a meeting actually, but I'm going to say it here. So regardless, people are going to hear about what you said. As long as I get credit. That's when really Michigan all that Michigan did it last year, how much of that was, listen, I mean, Caden McNamara, he, he probably was owed an opportunity given what Michigan had done the year before that. But also the court of public opinion. If you knew your decision already, and it's like the world got to see what you're thinking. So no one's going against it, right? It was almost – so Ohio State kind of had the same thing happen. They just didn't do it on purpose in 21, where because CJ was yeah. dealing with a shoulder, we got to see Kyle McCord. And so the pub court of public opinion now understood why Ryan Day picked CJ Stroud, had they not before. So what if we get out of the Indiana game and the court of – Ryan Day maybe already knows who in his head and the rest of the coaching staff, maybe they already know who it is. Maybe they already know who's supposed to be the starting quarterback this year, or at least they have an idea. And then they're going to come out of the Indiana game where that gives you a data point where the offseason was never going to give you it. But also, we get to evaluate it. You can't hide it from us on Saturday. They can't do the we're down at the end of the field where we can barely see the quarterbacks and then you kick us out after 30 minutes. Or just have a simple practice where we don't get to see a lot. No, no, no. You, me, people listening to this pod, people not listening to the pod, everybody's going to be able to see which of these quarterbacks is better. And I think Indiana and Western Kentucky might be the perfect teams to have that experiment play out because Indiana is just weird enough on defense and it's a road game at 3.30. It's just a weird enough environment to where you can get real data out of it without worrying about actually losing the game. And Western Kentucky's maybe more known for their offense than their defense, but they might score a little bit in a way that Ohio State's got to score. That's perfect. That's a perfect test tube for everybody, fans, coaches, media, to all come to a conclusion
1: that this person is supposed to be your
0: starting quarterback and nobody's going to
1: argue it. I think that is – there's something to be said for that. I don't think that's – why ryan day is doing it but i think that is a byproduct i think i really think they do they need to see Devin brown i mean they they they've done Mm -hmm. so many game simulations and game-like experiences and play you know practice in the shoe and etc etc but like again this isn't complete coach speak when ryan day says you don't know sometimes until you actually line up out there and another guy who you've never met is coming to kill you and they've been you know scheming to the best way to do that for months and here's how they're doing it. Like you, and how do you pick that up? Like those things will be, uh, will separate guys a little bit. So I think they need to see what Devin Brown looks like. And under those circumstances, but you're not wrong that it is, it it was helpful in 2021 because things were at the point with Stroud where it was fair to ask, like, is this as good as it will be? because we didn't know the extent of how bad he was hurt in that Tulsa game. So, mm-hmm. without that valid piece of information, at least the extent of how bad he was hurt. It was fair to say, well, if this is as good as it is, isn't it worth taking a look at comic court, five star, top 50? And and then we did, and we saw some we saw a difference, especially then when Stroud came back healthy. So, it will help um separate opinions too on Saturday potentially. Because I think one thing that's happened here is I don't know that I've talked to anybody who has had the same eyes on these guys that you and I have had, Stephen. Going mm-hmm. back to the spring, who has mm-hmm. said, well, Devin Brown's clearly better." I have not no. heard anybody <laughs> say that. Nor though, and nor, nor do they but, say, but "Well, the, Kevin." But the other Coma way around is like a, they yeah. don't say Cam is a tier above. But but there's nobody who's like going out there and saying, "Well, what are they even thinking about?" Like Devin Brown's clearly better. But I think people hear attributes of Devin Brown. Uh, you talked before about like the five star shine that is on people, and he wasn't a five star. But sometimes, when before you've actually gone in and thrown a pass and had mm-hmm. anything at stake, then all you're judged on is the upside of everything about you. Mm-hmm. And Cam has had that until he then played a game, and you saw where he still had to go as a as a football player two years ago. So I, I think that part of the just conventional wisdom kind of conversations that are happening out there is there's a segment of this fan base that that only sees the pristine unsullied upside of all the things Devin Brown is so by getting him into a game and having actually watch him play real scrimmage reps against another team will either will we'll either what am I trying to say it will either dirty that up a little bit or mm-hmm. or he will shine because that's the other thing that could be happening here, that they keep seeing flashes of him that makes them wonder, maybe this is one of those gamer guys. Maybe it's one of those guys who just like the lights come on or the sun gets dim in Indiana on a Saturday afternoon, and it, something else comes out of him. But they won't know until they play. Especially with that
0: guy. We've said it enough times. They're not that different athletically, but Devin Brown does use his legs more. He's more, you know, if that makes sense. It's not. Yeah. He's not Justin Fields with the legs, but he'll his game is a little more predicated on him being able to do that. And how much of that can you show, even in time when they're late to the whistle? They've been late at the two practices we watched, but still, it's a difference when you're for both yeah. of these guys. They have parts of their games that you can't really tell till it's live, and that's yeah. part of this. point, if you've been able to mark every data point. Up until the point that it's live, why not just let it be live? Well, and that's what you get on set. Cause I'm with, I, like, I haven't heard anything either way. This has not been a situation where we're like, man, it's kind of crazy that this guy hasn't been named a starting quarterback yet. No, it's just, it's, there's a lot of coach speak sometimes. I don't think Ryan Day has coach speaked this quarterback battle at all.
2: Well, it's also, you know, you mentioned, you know, there are certain things you just can't see. I think the scrambling point's a fair one, you know, because that, you know, like if you use your legs more, that's fair. But it's also just how does it, how does one of these two kids react when, all right, it's third and eight and Indiana brings the house and you get drilled in the ribs and you got to get up because you got to, you threw a ball over the middle and you got a first down and then all of a sudden you got to go play another down how do you handle that situation because there's two minutes left in the half or something like that. So there, and I think the scrambling points fair. I just wanted to add that because like, there are situations like that when you have rushers coming at you that are like actually allowed to get within. I mean, we all, we've all been to enough football practices in our life where like, especially at some of these camps where, Uh, For most of the time, if a dude gets anywhere between like a six foot COVID like circle of these quarterbacks, the whistle starts to go like for for a lot of these times, sometimes like you get you get these defensive linemen away from the quarterback. So I think that that that's also something there, too, where it's, you know, not just can you handle kind of moving outside the pocket? Can you do that? It's. How do you handle pressure, and not only that, how do you react when, hey, on two straight plays, you get hit, and one of these plays, you get hit really hard. How do you get up and respond to that? I think that that's a part of this as well. It's like, how did Justin
1: Fields really put himself on Ohio State's Mount Buckmore of quarterbacks? I mean, yes, he threw for Mm -hmm. yards and ran for yards and got touchdowns, but coming out of the tent against Michigan and throwing a touchdown pass, getting Mm -hmm. just absolutely – sawed in half like a magician's assistant against Clemson and then coming in and having the game that he did, just dropping bombs on them. Like that's how you get on Buckmore and, and how you really make a name for yourself. And I'm not saying that Indiana's going to afford either of these guys, the opportunity for full heroism like that. But Andrew's point is a good one that there is something like these guys haven't been live in any of these spring practices and any of these preseason practices that we're aware of. Certainly know the ones that we saw. So what happens when these guys are live and you're really playing football? Um, that, I think, is going to be maybe an eye-opener, or at least has the potential to be. But I also think that Ohio State, I, I believe Day, because we talk to other people too, we, we get a, a vibe of what's going on. And I do believe that there is confidence that both of these guys would react the right way. I think if they thought either of these guys were going to fold under those circumstances, this wouldn't be talked about the way it's being talked about. But even with the fields thing, I think we immediately all go to the Michigan game and the Clemson
0: game because those are special moments, right? Those are – I mean, if he wins the Heisman Trophy in either one of those seasons, that's you look at those moments. But I remember the FAU game early on in that game where he sticks in the pocket and gets like smacked the way that you – quarterbacks get smacked sometimes and he lands a dot to Chris Olave. So like the signs that what he did against Michigan and Clemson were already there once the game was live and you got to see that what does that mean for cj stratt like we talk about some of the moments he had in the georgia game i remember the rutgers game in 2021 where he's like scrambling around the pocket and pi- buying time and then he hits chris olave who does the rest of the work and goes and gets a touchdown i am think that's all something happening live that you can't really show in practice so that's where i'm getting up with that one some other newsy stuff happened and we'll hit on that as well but obviously the pick thing here is quarterback We'll come back and we'll touch on anything else Ryan Day and Jim Knowles had to say. And then later in the pod, I'm going to put Andrew and Nathan through an exercise. Now that we know how this quarterback situation is going to play out, at least for week one. So more on that when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. Get the text, 614-350-3315. When Ryan Day said that Kyle McCord was going to be the starter, the first place you heard it from us was through a text. And then it went on the site. And then we did some videos about it. Now we're recording a pod that you're listening to. But it went through your phone first. 614-350-3315. Sign up. Two-week free trial. Dude, that's going to get you two games at this point. It gets you the season opener. And it gets you the home opener. And it's a Tuesday when you started. Well, you're actually hearing this on a Wednesday. So it gets season opener, home opener, and Ryan Day's press conference that Tuesday heading into game three. Sounds like a great deal to me. So sign up for the text, man. 614-350-3315. Nathan, we also talked with Jim Knowles, but also Ryan Day maybe validated some things that we already thought. What other newsy things maybe came out of the first press conference of the um, 2023
1: season? Well, the the other big position battle that had dragged into the preseason, if you're trying to just finally check off uh, who is starting in every position, Jaden Fielding will be the place kicker in addition to the duties he had last year handling kickoffs. So that's, you know, one of those things that I think got buried because it's, it's not as sexy as these other positions. And, but I mean, Noel Ruggles was a very reliable kicker for two years, which is something they want to replicate. Mm-hmm. He was not a, uh, an excellent kicker from distance, which is something they want to improve on. So we'll see if Jaden Fielding can do both of those things. Can he be as reliable as the guys they've had in Blake Hawbill before? um, Noel Ruggles was a very reliable kicker. So will they continue that tradition? But will they also maybe get a little bit more oomph for when they need it in those critical situations? And and he did confirm uh, the starting offensive line. And that's already been widely reported. Uh, You know, Simmons and Fryer at the tackles, Jackson and Jones at the guards, and Hensman at center. And that's what we've been expecting for a while. And that unfolded as expected. But as far as like, you know, most of this had been established as far as like the starting positions on this team. Um, And then maybe the last piece of news from day, which actually was in the game notes, was Keenan Bailey just taking the Kevin Wilson spot in the booth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on another situation, in other circumstances, maybe you would want your offensive coordinator up there because that's what, you know, Kevin Wilson was the offensive coordinator. By title, even though they call the plays, that is now what Brian Hartline is going to be for the most part. But this is kind of what I expected all along: was that Bailey would just take that spot. Bailey has been number one. He's got a smaller position group.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: B. Hartline and what 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 Hartline? You you want your offensive line coach, your wide receivers coach, maybe also your running backs coach, but but definitely offensive line and receivers. I think you want them on the field or on the sideline, if you can at all get away with it. And Bailey's background as a, what he's done with game planning and scouting and everything as a GA, as a special assistant, whatever, the various titles he's had going back to intern here, um, has prepared him to be the kind of eyes in the sky for something like this. So this is, was not a surprise to me that this is how they decided to set it up. So it'll be on the offensive side, Bailey, Corey Dennis, and offensive line G.A., Mike Saleen up in the box, along with Jim Knowles and, and his uh, helpers on defense.
0: Yeah, that's not shocking to me, especially since Brian Hartley is not calling plays. You must, everybody's going to keep doing what they've been doing, where he even said it's you want your guys down there from a substitution standpoint. And, you know, when you're going with different personnel, it's probably smart that you have those three guys down there. The Jaden Fielding thing I thought was interesting because he said he's also still doing the kickoffs, which that wasn't the case last year with Noah Ruggles. He wasn't doing the kickoffs. and it is an underrated thing, but also special teams cost Ohio state a national championship, you know, and we can talk about the defense all we want, but between the botched fake punt against Michigan, the not botched, but it just kind of got, you know, sniffed out by Georgia fake punt.
2: Yeah. That's, not Ohio, state, that's game. not Ohio state's fault though. That's that was, I don't know if that was Ohio state's what, fault the, that that got, uh, that that got sniffed out. That was, the, the are you talking about the fake punt that that Georgia called timeout wrong, on?
0: Yeah, because they had the wrong personnel on the field and gave it away. So
2: I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I do remember reading that, but I I don't know. That just that I but that also, just struck me as is a really good play by Georgia.
0: But also the last two seasons, the final play of each game was a game-winning yeah. field goal, and you yeah. made it against in the Rose Bowl against Utah, and you missed it against Georgia. We also talked with Jim Knowles, Andrew. Not as much news, because it's really come down to just one position that's not figured out. What did Jim knows have to say about the safeties? Uh
2: well, I mean, we knew that um Sonny Styles was gonna be there. Um that was obviously said I think last week. Um, but there's still one spot left at uh, at free. Uh Josh Proctor, Malik Hartford, Jahad Carter are kind of battling for that um for that role. All three are gonna play, uh, which I thought Wasn't interesting for Carter or, um, or Proctor Malik Hartford playing was interesting. Um, You know, Ryan day mentioned a few true freshmen that are going to play, you know, and, and day kind of mentioned Hartford among them, Uh, you know, mentioned Arvel Reese is going to play on special teams. Hartford's going to play in the secondary Carnell Tate, at receiver and Luke Montgomery on the offensive line. Um, So that I think, was, was the more interesting thing to me with secondary was that they still are going to kind of rotate through that. And, you know, Jim Knowles was, I mean, he, he was really, really high on Malik Hartford. I mean, he talked about him. It was like, listen, this guy, you know, he's, he's really intelligent. He praised his football IQ. He's like, there are some kids that comes in and, and you know, we mentioned that this is rare, that there are some kids that, that just show up as freshmen and they get it. You know, they get what the defense is trying to do. They get, the the scheme, they get everything. And he mentioned Hartford was one of those kids. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, that was the interesting thing to me. I mean, we've talked all camp that it's, you know, for the majority of, I think, if not all of it, of fall camp, that the defense was pretty much set. Like, we kind of knew how things were going to shake out. We knew what the defensive line was going to look like. We certainly knew what the linebackers were going to look like and we knew pretty early on what their rotation was going to be at least at, at safety so you know I, it wasn't really newsworthy but I do think Malik Hardford playing is is really interesting and and I'm curious to see a little bit like the quarterback situation like do you you want to rotate more on defense than you would at quarterback but I'm curious like to what end you know like do you have is this a situational thing is this a package thing is this a, you know, we're just going to play it out all season? Do you want to have an A? I don't know. So I think, um, you know, that's where I'm curious at for uh, for the safety position. But really, that was, you know, that was one of the big things. If You know, probably the only newsworthy thing I think he said.
0: Nathan, you've been kind of working on this in the background. Ryan Day brought it up today. Apparently, there was a bet about Molly Carford. Can you just like, I mean, what what are they gambling on when it comes to a true freshman safety who has gone from a, Maybe he's good depth and we'll see in the future. So this dude might start as a true freshman.
1: That that would have been a good follow-up for the person who asked that question. My question had already passed in the, the round the world (laughs) that we do with Ryan day there. That should have been uh, a question asked. I did ask Jim Knowles. I guess I could have asked him what was gambled, but uh, I assume a a friendly wager, maybe, you know, uh, he had to buy Jim Knowles, a cigar and Jim Knowles has to buy Ryan day, some Mm. tennis balls or something. I don't know. Um, But he, the the bet was that you know, and I've talked to a couple of people around the program now that they knew that there was more physically that Malik Hartford could be when he got here and he came in at like 169 or whatever last winter and they bet Knowles he would be at at least 190 by the time the season came around. and Knowles took the bet mm-hmm. and Knowles lost because he's he's at that. he's past 190 now and Mickey Maratti told me a couple weeks ago, that they're expecting him to be over, you know, 200-something next spring. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they think there's even more growth there. So, it's – but uh, but the question I had for Knowles was, like, okay, well, he grew. He grew a lot. Like, that's, that's cool. But, like, what else? Like, there's got to be something else that is what puts him on the field right now. And he went into a lot of talk about his uh, football intelligence that uh, – and said – just talking about anybody who can play as a safety in his defense as a true freshman. He said they're rare. They come in and have an understanding of the game, and they find a way to get around the ball. It jumps out at you. And I think it's one of those, you know, we, we use that term flashing a lot, like guys, like flash ability. When we say, when we use that shorthand for people who don't know, it's it's very coach speak, and we should probably get away with it. But it's something that I've heard football coaches saying now for a generation and it's just shorthand for you you put you get 90 some guys in a room and they all can do things to a certain level athletically. They're all the best athletes on campus to some extent or among them. But then there's the guys who flash something you don't see everybody else doing. That's what flash means. like it's you get a glimpse of something that is uncommon. And when they can start doing it as true freshmen, then I think they know they're onto something. And and they've I think for, as this has been peeled back, they've thought that Malik Hartford, even going back to his his time as a prospect when they were recruiting him in high school, I think they already knew that he had not taken seriously yet his his physical development, like he was not quite there yet in terms of buying in physically. And uh, pulling Maradi off the side a couple weeks ago, he was talking about, he gave credit to Hartford. I mean, yes, they saw it and yes, they gave him a plan, but they they do that with a lot of guys and they don't always take it for granted that that guy is going to be doing what he's supposed to do. And he said that Hartford was going down there and he was getting all of his meals. He was following the plan. He was eating his extra peanut butter sandwiches or whatever he's supposed to do because they just, they knew that there was meat that needed to be put on those bones Because of what he was physically, because of what he was as a football player, they needed to bring him up because they saw the potential for all that other stuff to be good enough to get on the field. He just had to be able to match it physically. So that's apparently happening. And now we'll see. it's, It's very intriguing that between, you know, that he has stayed in that competition and they're still talking about it as being kind of neck and neck between a guy who's in his sixth year, whatever Josh Proctor's in now, and a guy who has, like, started over multiple years at a Power 5 program, and Malik Harford stepping in on uh, from the spring and making a push to get major reps there. We'll see. They can't play, I don't think. I don't think they're going to rotate three guys there indefinitely. I think it's a situation where somebody rises to the top, and maybe the game experience of those other two guys shows up. But we'll see. I'm. I, it's definitely got our antenna up that he could be uh if if not this year then that certainly puts him in the driver's seat to be a really important part of this defense a year from now
0: the guy's day named is as you mentioned cardinal tate at wide receiver arvel reese who's a linebacker slash defensive end right now which jack maybe playing on special teams like caden curry did last year and now he'll have a vital role this year uh, luke montgomery who of course ryan days we're talking about heading back to big 10 media days and then Malik harford Malik Hartford's interesting to me because I think that the experienced guys are gonna win out now. But let's come back to this in six weeks. Or let's come back to this after three, three yeah, after three weeks. Or let's come back to this when the experienced guy that you started that you started the season with makes a mistake and you pull him and then you go with the younger guy. Last year, that was Lathan Ransom. Now he was in his third year, but still, I think it still applies here. They've moved away from the, we're just going to play the older guy just to play the older guy here. They will pull the older guy and put the younger, more talented guy in there. If that talented guy proves he's worth being out there. And I think Malik Hartford might do that as the season progresses. And if he's flashing and as Jim Knowles said in the spring, dominating the twos. And he keeps dominating the twos, and then he's flashing when he gets on the field. I don't think the upside of Josh Proctor or Jahad Carter is so high at the adjuster spot that Perry Eliano and Jim Knowles don't get together after that Notre Dame and go, maybe we should be playing the freshman. So I've definitely got my eyes out for that one as well. One last break. Nathan and Andrew don't know what they're doing yet, which is why I love this. I I knew what we were doing today, especially after Ryan Day said what he was saying. And that's okay. That's okay. You're just along for the ride. I'm the starting quarterback just throwing the ball to my receivers. And when we come back, my receivers will know what their routes are and how far they need to go. Right back here on Buckeye Talk. Back here on Buckeye Talk, Nathan Barrett and Andrew Gillis and Stephen Means. Guys, both quarterbacks are going to play, but we don't know how that's going to look. And Ryan Day didn't give us anything. In fact, he more said, you know, the, the season, the week still has to play out, which is true. Like they're, As we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, they're going through their Tuesday good on good practice. So we don't know how this is going to play out. So we're going to have some fun with it. Both of you are going to be Ryan Day. And you've just announced to me, the media member, that Kyle McCord is going to be your starting quarterback. But you would like Devin Brown to play meaningful snaps. So, without any preparation or anything of sorts, because why would I do that? Nathan, we're going to start with you. If you were Ryan Day, and you had to plan out how you were going to play both quarterbacks against Indiana, how would you do it? And anything is off on limits. So, if you wanted to just play Kyle McCord the full sixty, you could do that. If you want to go series by series, you can do that. Just how would you have it go against Indiana?
1: I would not have a set plan because I mean you I think you want to have maybe a guideline in your head. But here's the thing. I brought this up in the text too. Remember last year when Jackson Smith and Jigba hobbled off the field and Ryan Day tried to tell I us think. later, like, oh he was on a pitch count. Like <laughs> <I> yeah, <do. laughs> they were counting the pitches until he reinjured his hamstring and then he took him out of the game. Um and so that's why I don't think he's gonna make it's why he's not 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 because of that reason, but in general because he doesn't want to be beholden to any sort of plan that he says. He's not going to say anything publicly. It's going to stay vague. And I would kind of have a very maybe loose idea in my head because I think you don't want to get in a situation where you say, well, common court is going to play the first quarter. And in the first series of the second half or first series of the second quarter, uh, Devin Brown's going in because you don't know what the game situation is going to be. You don't know if that makes sense for just the momentum of the game at that point. Um, similarly, you also don't want to get yourself in a situation where you do put the other guy in and, uh, maybe the series before the guy did throw an interception and now you have to come in after the game and say, well, uh, no, that was just when he was supposed to go into the game. It didn't have anything to do with him throwing the interception. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think what you want is sort of a loose idea, but I guess my loose idea would be that I want Kamikor to go in and... If you, you've named him your starter, you're trying to find a starter as much as you're trying to see what you have out of Devin Brown. So let him do the things that a starter does, which is you lead the first drive of the game. You have to respond to that. I think you almost want to leave him in long enough to where something adverse happens to kind of get to what Andrew was saying. And now he's got to respond to that. And maybe Indiana can't create adversity uh, that to that level but i think they actually can i think they've got a decent defensive line here i think there's enough questions for ohio state's offensive line there weren't that many questions about the 2020 offensive line and josh myers you know the week after that game was talking about how indiana was blitzing them in ways that they'd never seen so who knows what indiana and tom allen's going to throw at them on saturday i think there's going to be some chances for something to go wrong and now how does kyle mccord respond i almost i think you need to try to get that out of this game because that's as much of the of the evaluation as anything else but I would having said all that because especially if this game is getting out of hand or could get out of hand I do think you maybe want to try to get Devin Brown in the game in the first half because that's how you know you're playing against the best opposing defense you could possibly be playing against and if, if this is you know you could have gotten him Third string passing snaps, second string passing snaps last year against any number of teams. You want to see him against a first string Big Ten defense besides your own, so get him in there in the first half in some way. Coach Gillis,
2: now I have to play Devin Brown, correct? I I have to oh, play
0: Devin. You don't have to. You can do whatever you want.
2: Ryan Day doesn't have to play Devin okay. Brown if he doesn't
0: want to. He's just telling us he he's sure, going okay. to.
2: Was, that does make it harder. I thought I had. I thought when you proposed this I had to play Devin Brown. What I would do I think would be Kyle McCord gets series 1, series 2, maybe series 3. I would I would see how the game is going. Um I mean if Kyle McCord goes out there and turns the ball over on the first drive and then on the second drive they, you know, get a first down and then punt, then maybe you go to Devin a little bit sooner. Um I would I I Nathan was right. I think I agree with him that you want to get Devin some reps in in the first half. Uh I personally would say that if Devin Bra- or if if Cam Accord gets the gets the ball first and Ohio State goes down and scores and then Ohio State gets the ball back and Ohio State goes down and scores and then Ohio State gets the ball back and then Ohio State goes down and scores. And like if he's on like it's one of those things where it's like if he's if he's Steph Curry from the corner like let him go like don't I, so i i think that this can this doesn't have to be a set plan like if 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 the offense is moving if the offense is humming along let Kyle McCord go like if if they're scoring at will keep it going so i would go in with the tentative plan to say Devin Brown is going to get one to two series anywhere from three to four, you know, the third or fourth or, you know, third to five, three to five, whatever it, however you want to phrase that. It just kind of depends. Um, You know, he gets the third and the fourth series or the fourth and the fifth or whatever. I don't like doing on and off. Um, I think you've got to give guy back to back series. Um, But I also would be prepared for Kyle McCord to take a 21, nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. And then you look at Devin Brown and you shrug and you say, sorry, uh, we're going to keep we're going to keep Kyle in the game. And because if that's the case, because if you are up 21, nothing at the end of the first quarter, you're going to put Devin Brown in in the second half when that game is 56 to 10. Like that, like if if that's the way that the offense is moving, you're still going to see Devin Brown. So I would play Devin Brown. Early unless the offense is doing so well that you can't take him out. And if the offense is doing so well that you can't take him out, Devin Brown's going to play in the second half anyway. And then on when we do this podcast a week from now, we can just say, Hey, Ryan day today said that Cam accords, the full-time starter, but they're going to try and work in Devin Brown as they see fit because Cam accord threw five touchdowns. And he won big 10 player of the week. Like, uh, like it's gotta be that level. So, uh, I hope that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I I try to get Devin in early, unless the offense is basically just they're knocking down threes every every possession. You just keep scoring touchdowns, then you keep Kyle in, and then oh no, you have an offense that's scoring you know three touchdowns on four drives, and it's twenty four nothing or something like that. Like then then I keep Kyle in, otherwise I, I get Devin a series or two early. I
0: think I might play Devin Brown the first series of the second quarter no matter what.
2: I, I remember
0: back when we were going through this with CJ, I had brought up at times that Clemson had done that. They Trevor Lawrence was just clearly their starting quarterback. And sometimes Davil will just throw freshmen out there or throw young guys out there, throw back guys out backups out there in meaningful situations just cuz. And he did that with DJ. And it ended up paying off in 2020 at least. It didn't pay off long term because DJ obviously kind of fell off the cliff there. But at least in 2020, it paid off a little bit because then when Trevor got COVID and you had to go to DJ for two games, you beat Boston College and it was competitive enough against Notre Dame to when you had to play them a second time around. Like He wasn't the reason they lost to Notre Dame. I think Kyle starts. I think you play him the first quarter, but I think no matter what, I would put Devin Brown in the second quarter the first time Ohio State takes the field because then you get him a meaningful snap. Maybe he gets two or three series coming out out of that. But I think Indiana is going to be a challenging opponent for the first 20 minutes of this game. And after that, the depth and the talent probably takes over for Ohio State unless they just come out like they did in 2021 and wiped the floor with them. So I think that gets you what Ryan Day wants. You got Devin Brown and Kyle McCord, meaningful snaps when it really mattered because it was close and your mistakes actually mattered. So I think that's what I would do. And then when I go on the halftime, I'm going to play the guy who's been playing better. And that's, I'm just going to stick with him for the second half.
1: Yeah. I, I, well, so, so how much would you play Brown then in that second quarter? You're saying just the first series no, I'd probably give him three, three series. So it would be an even split then, basically. Like yeah, one, pretty One much, plays yeah. the first quarter, one plays the second quarter. I mean, yeah. I, I would have maybe assumed that a week ago. The way that Brian Day talked today was of Kamikor being a guy who did things that Devin Brown didn't do, and therefore that's why he started, mm-hmm. and that there is some momentum there towards what they ultimately want to get out of their starting quarterback and that's maybe the one thing that I still have in the back of my mind as I'm pondering this is like I want to play Devin Brown I think they need to play Devin Brown and it would be nice if it is it is significant snaps against a real first string dicton defense however if you think you've got this momentum going it's kind of what Andrew's may be getting to like if you think this guy is really clicking in and building momentum and then you go out there and it's like 4th of July, just explosions all over the place, and you're, you're piling it up, then I don't know. That was kind of what I started this pod saying. Like, Is that more reason to play Devin Brown right there? Because, well, this game's getting blown open, so there's even less stress on putting him in in the first half. Or do you say, you know what? We like how this looks. Let's see how far we can push this. Maybe this is just the thing, and we don't have to worry so much about this other thing. But then that brings up what you're saying, Stephen, which is, when, when the time does come where you have to play Devin Brown, if that comes, you want him to have had a little bit of a taste. And he'll get that in the second half of this game. I will say I will say that for sure. That there's no way you get to yeah, the end yeah, of yeah. that game. That even if even if what I'm theorizing and what Andrew is sort of theorizing comes to fruition, that Kyle McCord just comes in and maybe puts his foot on the gas and it looks great and he just plays the whole first half and Devin Brown just plays normal backup snaps, he's going to throw the ball. Like, he's not going to get this... Yeah. We're, we're, the... the, the the attemptless streak that has started Devin Brown's <laughs> career. It's only two games will end on Saturday. Now it's just a matter of like when, but I, I don't know. I, I, I see merit to kind of all of the potential outcomes, which is why I think day is probably playing this the right way. Don't talk yourself into having to play, have it play out any particular way. And in fact, if you really want to parse his words today, it was a lot of, well, Devin Brown deserves to play. We expect Devin Brown to play. I'm not sure he would say he marked it down that Devin Brown is going to play, but I think he will. I get. I don't think you guys are wrong. With I mean, if Kyle McCord goes out there
0: and he, he does anything close to what happened with CJ Stroud when he went to Indiana two years ago, then of course he looks awesome. But does that serve the purpose of what you're – because this is right. not about right. can you can you throw five touchdowns on Indiana. It's not. It's about can you be elite when you plan Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan in a playoff game. So I don't – I think he says this a lot, the whole ride to roller coaster thing. I think if you just go in there and Kyle McCord has an awesome first quarter and you go, oh, that's our guy, that would be the polar opposite of every way that Ryan Day consistently talks about quarterbacks and how he handles it and how he wants them to handle some things. So I think they have a plan, or at least they will have a plan by Saturday, and it has nothing to do with how awesome Kyle McCord looks as a starter because – there's part of me that's expecting both of them to look awesome as a starter because of the weapons they have. It's not completely going to be because of what they did. It's because Marvin Harrison might have a one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. Or Amecha Ibuka might take a seven-yard slant and go 70 yards with it. Or Julian Fleming might just leave the cornerback in the dust and on down the list there. So I don't think it would be wise for them to get too caught up in Kyle McCord looked awesome or Kyle McCord looked terrible. I don't think that should matter. Within well, the s- grand scheme of things, I think you just—I think they are trying to get data points on both of these guys in real game snaps where they're live. Everything outside of that, you can come back and have a conversation about that on Sunday when you're reviewing the film.
2: Well, it also but get so, the film first. So that's what matters he, he, most right now. We we talked about Kyle McCord kind of having this like the inside track or the edge because he's the starter. Like you, you had to throw somebody out there. You had to put somebody out there. They obviously view Calm Accord in a, at least if, if it doesn't matter if it's a millimeter or a mile, you view Calm Accord in a better light than you view uh, Devin Brown right now. And again, however you want to say the gap is whatever, that's fine. The only thing that I think would make sense for that is like, let's say in a hypothetical world, you play Comic because Comic goes out there and balls out and it is 35 to 7 at halftime, like and comic accord 24 of 28 for 280 and four touchdown passes. Like you could do that. The question then would be, are you comfortable having not seen Devin Brown play in that situation? Because like, let's say Comicord does do that thing that I just said, 24 of 28, four touchdown passes, like you're gonna have a hard time beating that. Like, you're gonna have a hard time saying, Oh, well, let's see what Devin Brown has because you don't know. I mean, maybe he could do better. Like, that's fine. But I think the question for them would be let's say that that is the case. Are you comfortable with Kyle McCord going out there and shredding and then saying, all right, we, we're good. You know, we don't, you know, we don't need to, we don't need to see the other side. You know, we don't need to hear the other things. It's like, it's like if you go to a restaurant and somebody tells you that the special is like a steak and you're just like, you know what? I'll take the steak. And you don't need, I don't need to hear the rest. I'm good. I wanted a steak. I'll take the steak. I'm good. Like, you know, you don't want to hear what else we have. Nope. I'm good. I'll just take this. Like, I think that like, are you okay with that? I don't know. Like I, and I'm not saying that they should or shouldn't be. I'm just saying that like, That would be, that I think is the question now, like if that is the situation that we're talking about where like, if you think that it is genuinely, there's no difference between these guys, then I think, then I think it makes a lot of sense to play Devin Brown in the first half. But like, if you're going to say, well, if Kyle McCord's going to kill it, then we're going to leave him in. Then you better be ready to go into halftime basically and be like, all right, we have a starting quarterback now full time. I don't think it, it, it's not about whether or not you dominate Indiana, and so I, th- I think
1: that's his point too, and why he wants to see both. I think you you have to play Devin Brown in a real way in this game. Like you've everything you've said, yeah. At, at some point, you're you're kind of going back on your word against Devin Brown a little bit. Like you've said so many things sure. publicly about how he deserves to play and how he, uh, although he, he said last week both of them deserve to start, he was only saying that about Cam McCord today, but he was definitely still saying that. Devin Brown deserves to play and again I just think if you if there's nothing else that either of these guys can show you in a practice scenario I think you want to see what Devin Brown looks like when he's really out there playing football you haven't it, it, he hasn't you know he hasn't done that since high school in some ways because like he hasn't had to be done something where it was going to res- really result in him maybe being tackled or sacked or, or whatever mm-hmm. since then all he did get in a couple games last year so I, I, you've got to put you've got to put him under some duress you've got to see what that looks like it's just a matter of, I don't think you want to tie yourself in any way. You give uh, you give them some idea. You let Comcord know, you know, you're the starting quarterback. Devin is probably playing in the first half. I just, I don't know how much you want to even put in his head, though. Like, do you want to just, you know, let him cook and not have him thinking about, oh, I've yeah. got to make sure, maybe i got to make sure this drives good because, you know, and and Ryan Day was saying that today getting both these guys to a place where they don't overemphasize any one drive any one play that it's it's more about you know finishing this process and looking back in January and and seeing where they you know getting to where they want to go so i think they've got to play Devin Brown in a real way i just don't they have to be a little bit careful about how they balance that because i just i don't think you want to put yourself in a situation where you look like you're you're making that decision for the the wrong reason or whatever, but it's it's all in Ryan Day's head, it, and that's maybe the smartest thing that he's done here. Like I was, I wasn't sure that he was going to even name Kamikord the starter today. I was kind of coming in today expecting mm-hmm. him to say, you know, they're both going to play. We'll let you know which one is going to play by who is taking the first team reps uh, before the game on Saturday, and that's how you'll know. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't know. You know, Tom Allen knows who the starting quarterback, Indiana coach, Tom Allen knows who his starting quarterback is Saturday. Yep. He is not telling anybody. He also isn't telling them who his kicker is and some other weird things. And I guess they're trying to win this game by cloak and dagger tactics over having better football players. But uh, Ryan Day could have done that same thing. He didn't. It means a little bit of something that he is telling Kyle McCord, like you've done this, you did what we asked you to do. you finally did create some separation and now the ball is in your hands, literally. So I, I don't think you want to come up with any arbitrary strictures because if he shows you something that is even better than what you've seen so far, and that's the vision that you've had all along, I, yes, Devin Brown has to play, but I also don't want to fool with an offense that gets locked in if that's what happened.
0: First and foremost, Tom Allen is trying to win with love because you love everyone when you're Indiana, which is why you never win any any football games. I I see where you're coming from with that. I think that last week when Dave was talking about how there have been times when someone it looked like was going to take a lead, and then they didn't, and then he would tell them, like, listen, man, it was almost yours, but then you kind of backed off a little bit, let him back in the game. I wonder if we're back there with Kyle. I do wonder how often he was just talking about Kyle McCord in those moments because even when he brought up the fact that Devin Brown had made a push – about ten days ago, but then Kyle McCord got more consistent. We've talked we talked about this with CJ Stroud a lot, how it was CJ Stroud is in the lead. So the Jack Miller and Kyle McCord not only have to catch up, they have to pass. They can't just catch up to him because all he has to do then is have another good day and he's right back out in front. Maybe this is where we're at now, where Devin Brown made it equal and made it interesting. A lot more interesting than maybe they were expecting it to be made. And so now Kyle McCord has spent the past week and a half regaining that lead, but can you keep it? Or do you let Devin Brown once again close the gap? And while with Devin Brown, it's, can you close the gap? But more importantly, can you spend these next, however long this goes, I don't this doesn't go longer than week three, because they need to settle in on a quarterback by the time you go to Notre Dame. So at what maximum, this probably goes three weeks. Can Devin Brown catch back up and then pass him? But Kyle I think Kyle McCord, being named the starter with him no longer keeping it just in practice or in the meetings, he has now made it public. Kyle McCord, you are in the lead again. You going to let Devin Brown catch up again, or are you going to keep it and close the door behind you? And I think that's what the next couple of weeks are going to be. A lot of quarterback talk. That will clearly be the focus of what we're all watching Saturday. We'll probably all be you know, <laughs> keeping track of our own data points about who's doing what and when, who's doing what at what point in time. We are going to be on – Thursday's pod is going to be a rapid fire about literally anything. We're heading into the season. If you want to ask us about football, ask that. Ask us about recruiting, ask that. Ask us some nonsense questions, too. And Andrew hasn't really gotten a chance to do a lot of nonsense since we've been on here. We'll be talking with players on Wednesday evening, and then Ryan Day will have his radio show on Thursday. And then we'll we'll be into the preview pod. We're a few days away from the season kicking off. Ohio State opening up on the road at Indiana. Get the text, 614-350-3315. All this information going through your phone first. Two-week free trial. This is the best time to sign up right as the season is kicking off here. We're texting all types of stuff. Even if you want to send out a question for a rapid fire, you got to sign up for the text, 614-350-3315. For Nathan Baird, for Andrew Gillis, and for Kyle McCord, Ohio State's new starting quarterback, I'm Stephen Means. And that was Buckeye Talk.